What up, homies? Welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Mind Refinery. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This week is the penultimate episode of our in-depth look at the creative world of Kanye West. Coburn and I are joined again by Mind Refinery creative Andrew Lanton to talk about Jesus. Look out for the final episode coming in a couple weeks. If you feel the need to randomly listen to commentary on every single Kanye West album, mosey on over to the Mind Refinery Podcast channel, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can check out all the back episodes. Also, if you have time, don't forget to follow the Mind Refinery on social media. And now, on to the show. So, this moves us into Jesus, which was... I mean, it's a it, it, it's a him chopping down his sound again, which I mean, to that, as we said before, great artists are able to do that. Doing it twice is a little ridiculous. I fucking love this. Right. This is one of my this is in my probably top three favorite Kanye West records. I yeah, fucking it's in my top three. I absolutely love it. It is aggressive. Uh, a middle finger in your face. What do we think, guys? I mean, this album, it's. It's just like so, it's like loud and in your face and abrasive. It's abrasive, yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's his punk record. It's yeah, completely. Would do, like I feel like Kanye was like listening to like some like Death Grips at this time or some shit. Like it's I don't know. It's fucking. It goes hard, man. Like I mentioned before, I got into Kanye after Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, so. After the album came, comes out, whatever, you know, good, Cruel Summer, Watch the Throne, all that stuff. I went through all the back catalog. I'm I'm now a Kanye West fan, stamped and approved. And this is my first album. Like, this is my first new album that hit me, like, for Kanye. And I got to say, like, when it hit me, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I remember when it dropped, like, it was almost like an event. I remember, like, reading this, like, Reddit, like, reaction thread to, like, the album, like, when it dropped. And, like, I don't know. I feel like everywhere I went, uh, it, it was, like, playing. Like, if I would go to a bar or, like, whatever. Yeah, like, it, it was just everywhere that summer um, that, that it came out. And I, and I couldn't have been happier. I fucking, I, I love this album. I, I really don't think there's a bad track on here. Maybe, like, Bound 2, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of. But um, otherwise, like, yeah. Just, I think it's just a, a solid, solid album. I feel like this album got the acclaim that 808s should have gotten, and this album is kind of like a on another side of the coin to 808s. Like this is like the maybe was more palatable to people at the time than 808s, but I think it was like they both are kind of on these divergent paths of what Kanye was doing in different ways. I could see that. Yeah, it's funny because I wasn't on 808 when I first heard it. But this one I was on right away because there was the SNL performance, which was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Uh, he played Black Skinhead. It was fucking so good. I can't remember the other one. I think he also played New Slaves um, yeah. uh, on the back of the back of the episode. And this one... I'm sorry, just, just going off what you said really quickly. Look how different the SNL performance was for Yeezus compared to Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh, yeah. It was what what a metaphor for the album. Like like the SNL performance was so over the top for for Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then for Jesus, it was just like him and like 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 some singers and like a backdrop, like a like a lighting backdrop or whatever. But yeah, I like I love how it stripped it down, and I like that this record. See, I had to you know get used to 808s and really, and then eventually grew on me, and I started loving it. This one was more attuned to what I naturally like. I mean, I like 
loud as fuck hip hop, Chicago house and fucking, uh, you know, punk rock. So like, if this is the Kanye West record, you're going to fucking enjoy that if that's the case. And I thought that it was really, it was, it was really crazy. I love that he went in just a fucking completely different direction. And the big thing is ballsy. Like he didn't have to do a record like this. It just was, I don't think that many artists take the chances that he does. No, I don't like, do you think though that this is Kanye's most experimental album? Yes. I would say, yeah, like hands down. I'm, I'm trying to think, um, do we can like Jesus is King is experimental in a different way. I feel like it's kind of bad in a different way. <laughs> but um yeah no i yeah i i would say so i, I know what you're saying so. i think i mean we're gonna get into jesus is king i think he thought he was being john coltrane and it didn't work out um continue sorry do you, do you think that um rick rubin kind of went in his bc boys bag on this album yes oh yeah like i love that he brought i feel like Kanye at this time was like so raw and he was kind of like losing touch a little bit because like I just remember like the kind of rollout or the jumbled or whatever you want to call it this album. He was like it was calling Jesus and then he like just like kind of was like, Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do a cover and then he put like the red piece of tape and like he like put it on Twitter and then kept like pushing it back and he wouldn't let pre orders happen and I remember like there was like a projection in like a bunch of different cities, so he just projected like some yeah. art on the I, wall I, in Toronto. It was, it was super cool. cool. It was so, like, Gorilla. Like, like it was... Everything about the album felt so, like, Gorilla style. Th- this was his Rocky Four, man. This was... Yeah. He's bloated. He, like, he rises. And now then it's, like, the bloated excess of, like, Watch the Throne. And, yeah, it, like, you get... You can only listen to so much excess. That's why 70s corporate rock eventually just died out. It was slayed by punk because... You know, people, there's, to an extent, don't want to hear that, and this was, he, this was just a complete uh, course correction to that, and it could not even a correction, just, like, he completely went another way with it, and, you know, he's experimenting with, you know, in, industrial is a really big base of this, uh, you know, industrial, hardcore rap elements, um, Chicago House, you know what I mean? Drill. Drill. Drill is fucking huge on it. Um, so, you know what I mean? He's got Cephalstein on it, who I still can barely pronounce his name properly. Um, or I have never spelled it once properly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, this is, it, it's like, where is the influences? I think this is where you can see him listening to those things. Also, uh, he's a big Radiohead fan. I think that this, like, that looms on this as well. Because this, for me, like, I, I would use the comparison of uh, OK Computer to Kid A for 808s, but, like, this is really the one that matches that. Because he just totally took this and, you know, took his sound and got rid of it and then did something. I mean, like, all of these songs aren't even necessarily pop songs, you know what I mean? And he's he, he rocks the pop style, you know, and, and songwriting format so religiously and this kind of tore it down and you know as Lanza said this was everywhere man there was the SNL performance Wolf of Wall Street pushed it a lot too 
because oh yeah black the trailer, that's yeah right. because yeah. it was it was the, it was on for it you know what i mean and like i don't know how much crossover is between most martin scorsese fans and kanye west but it's interesting because it's like kind of you know mixing audiences and showing and putting him in a new space you know what i mean because how many other kanye west songs are in like a scorsese type movie you know and then this one is just like i thought it was really cool i thought it was completely unconventional the way it came out and i mean i love it this is one of my one of my favorites of him i love how short the album is it's like short it's concise but it has like a lot to it and then the way that he like there's only one collaboration listed on it. And I think it's featuring I Am a God featuring God. But he has like Chief Keef. He has like, like you said, Gaselfelstein. He has Brodinsky behind the boards. He has like Hadmo, who was great at this time. Uh, Montreal's Lunis is on there. Like uh, he brings in like um, No ID and 88 Keys again. And Travis Scott's like behind, behind there somewhere. Like just the way he like did all the production and the collaboration, but it's still very much kind of just him yeah well what are what are standout tracks on this guys like what do we what do you like it uh i gotta go hold my liquor is probably my, like one of my favorite kanye west tracks of all time uh blood on the leaves blood on the leaves for me it's yeah incredible yeah uh maybe i was listening to i was listening to blood on the leaves today um while i was working and i had to just like kind of put work on hold for a second and just like rock out to that song <laughs> like I, I was feeling it i was blaring on site before uh because i love that fuck i love that daft punk. such a good opening it's such a good opening it's so it like you know i mean daft punk i'm pro daft punk coming out anytime. black skinhead i mean as a single it's just unlike any other single he's ever put out and i love that just how aggressive and in your face it is and Those, how like, machine gun drums just kill this, it. I mean, this is where you're really hearing drill. Like, it's fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? I love Blood on the Leaves. It's an excellent track. Hold My Liquor is a fantastic track. New Slaves. Honestly, man, I'm liking this almost from head to toe. Like, I just don't really love Bound 2, honestly. Well, per, thankfully, like, it's I've... at the end, and you can just cut it after, send it up. <laughs> you know if you're I mean? going to put a bad like, track on your record, like, like make it easy. make it easy to just fucking get out of there. And the video, I mean, come on. Yeah. I, thought, I thought the video was hilarious. No, and the video I, was did Seth, uh, yeah, Ed Franco, Franco, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was a really hilarious. It was a really like funny kind of time period for Kanye because like Kanye was like very like self serious, but also like you know like people were kind of having fun at his expense. Yeah, yeah, but he. I mean, I feel like he's kind of in on it too. I mean, sometimes when he allows himself to have a sense of humor. But yeah, no, it's 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 weird. It was it was it was a weird time. the The internet the internet um, really embraced this album. I feel like. Well, this is one of the problems that's that's upsetting about Kanye West in terms of him like having a mental illness and you know you know having manic depression and which is fucking tough. And it's it's like the when he's not down and when he's up, he's he's funny and stuff. And but like you know when he's dealing with the darker form of that, I think that's when he gets self-important and you know having i mean because a lot of this you know a lot of this was in protest to this idea of him not being able to go into fashion and stuff like that which kind of leads into the you know why this change in direction question yeah Yeah. it was kind of a reaction to that exactly um i know there was like the like the whole thing with like nike and like fucking um 
who was it? They like didn't want him to go to like other people's like fashion shows. And he's just like, like, fuck that. And he's just like, I don't know. It's kind of like, this is like almost like a fuck you to like a lot of that kind of like, I feel like that fashion culture. Yeah, I think that like definitely the kind of like the fuck you mentality behind this is like definitely is like brings like the punk rap elements of this album. It's like basically like for sure all these different systems and like maybe even to his label because he wasn't even like, you know, promoing it like the way that his label probably wanted. Do we think Kanye West is justified in that anger? Because I always find it interesting. Like you can't debate about whether he is a musical genius. That is not up for discussion. And I find when anybody tried to challenge, tries to challenge that, that it's just, you just don't like it. And I think that those two things should be separated. And that's fine. You're allowed to have an opinion on him, but like, you can't, you can't deny the man has fucking talent. No, I think that's where it's disingenuous for sure. I think he's justified in it. Like, I, I can't say like, I understand like what, all he's always angry about and like is this the era when he's yelling at sway too is this like that this year? is the this is the that's what it's from this is the yeah you yeah. don't i you know you don't have all the answers sway yeah i just like remember watching the interview and like kind of like knowing like maybe every second person he was like listening listening there and like not really getting it but like i also like feel him and like you know like these are like his problems like that's like you know what he finds challenging so i think it i think he's justified yeah. Sorry, it's you think what? He's just, think, uh, sorry, he's justified. Oh, justified. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing where I'm just kind of like justified question mark is because Donald Glover does all of this shit. You know what I mean? And he doesn't face this kind of resistance. I feel like Donald Glover, for the most part, like really shies away from the public eye, while Kanye West almost like thrives on it. I think if, that's, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest differences between the two. Like if Donald Glover, also, sorry, continue. I keep interrupting. I, I apologize. Oh no, no. I, I just think I think Kanye's just trying to do things at a, like a bigger scale, and he kind of has a track record to prove it. Like he was like, oh, for know, sure, for he was sure. doing Louis Vuitton, and then they're kind of like, oh well, you can't really do Louis Vuitton anymore. So he's like, fuck that. Like you know, like I want to do like I, he wants to be the biggest and the best at whatever he, he's doing. So like to kind of go into these different realms, like that he's not known for as much like fashion or whatever. And now look at his fashion company. Now it's like worth billions of dollars. And look like, at his fucking shoes. Look at, look at easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like dude's done it. They're nice. I have a, so I mean, I think that, like, at that point, like, of course he's going to be angry. And like, now he's kind of proven that his anger was like, righteous. I think. Yes. I, I think with the Donald Glover thing, there's, there's a couple thing, like there's a few points I have one. I think with Kanye West, he's the kind of guy who who can't be happy unless he's expressing himself in a bunch of different ways because there's different facets to his personality, um, which I can relate to on a significantly less talented level. So he's so used to his music being at that like at that level that realistically, if you were trying to compare a fashion designer to his musical level like you're looking at among the best designers in the world or ever you know what i mean so it's like if you want it's like his brain can't do it small so one thing that donald glover does is he just goes out and does it he doesn't talk about it he's like i just go out and make atlanta and that's it and i feel like if i had any criticism for kanye west it would be just like just it it just it's happy just put it out 
to talk about doing it because I think that he is, I, I think he's a genius and I think he just, I think that sometimes he feels he needs to prove that a lot, but then given we, all his success, it's like, it kind of, it, like in hindsight, it makes complete sense that he was feeling like that. Yeah. I think also like Kanye West probably wouldn't be happy with like an FX, you know, like, like, yeah. Kanye would want HBO or he'd want like, you know, he'd want to do something that's in every movie theater or something that like, might not make sense to like that business revenue model. So I think Kanye wouldn't kind of, he's never happy, you know, just being handed like whatever he's told. He always wants to kind of like, he wants to compete with Nike. He wants to. He's not a fly of, under the radar guy. Yeah. Like, like he, Donald Glover created one of the best shows on TV very quietly and then all of a sudden it blew up and Kanye West can't really operate like that well no. this I feel like this this like Jesus is him flying under the radar like you know what I mean that's the most flying under the radar you're gonna get from <laughs> Kanye is Jesus, and like that's still pretty non not under the radar his choice in collaborating collaborators kind of you know help him fuel this change uh what are standout collaborations in this I think uh, Justin Vernon's uh, contributions to, to this album. Um, hold think, My Liquor, right? Yeah, hold, hold My Liquor, and he does like vocals, I think, on a, another song as well. Uh, obviously, Chief Keith, like, because he, he's tapping into like the current cult, like, climate. Um, Frank Ocean has backup vocals. But I would say, like, also, like, getting King Louie on here, who, like, really doesn't have that big of a name now, but, like, was very instrumental in Chicago Drill, and he's on like featured on Send It Up. But I remember him talking about like getting flown to France to do this album, and it's like you know the first time he's left Chicago. So I think Kanye being able to tap into people who kind of aren't in his sphere of influence, but also like get creative potential from them and translate it into something is like you know it's like it's like unlike anyone else. Yeah, I, I think the Gesefelstein and um Daft Punk. Like and Brodinsky too, because like but like I think with Gusevelstein and because this is a very it's like rooted in Chicago and Europe. Like for you to like what are the two spots where the music came from to make this album? It's those two like it's like Paris, France and uh you know and and Chicago because you get the a drill, the you know the Chicago house, um and then you get synth you know you get you get the really heavy synth uh you know and retro vibe you know coming from daft punk and Sevelstein. and i think that the the dimension that they're able to to go on this is incredible and then it's like the other side of his synth sound whereas you know 808s may have been a little bit more of a like if it was dark it was more on the sad front you know what i mean or you know it was a little bit more uh, introspective whereas this is aggressive and it's darker in that you know in that very european kind of you know synth kind of way and like as i said one of my favorite tracks on it's on site i love how it opens and it's you know uh, daft punk is they're fucking fantastic i love the way, the way they collaborate daft punk and fucking Kanye west like i'm really hoping oh, yeah. that like there is a continuation of that moving forward because i think it's it, it's so damn good um yeah do you remember this album leaking do you remember the that when the album leaked oh yeah, 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 yeah and like i feel like that's 
doesn't happen too much these days anymore with like DSPs and stuff. But I remember like it kind of created a frenzy because people couldn't like understand the album. People I, went crazy. But yeah, it went. Like, was it the finished album? It was a finished album. I think it just leaked like four days earlier or something. It was like a few tracks um, I heard. Like I heard uh, Black Skinhead, I'm a God, New Slaves, and I'm In It were the ones I heard. Because I think it was a couple of them trickled and then the rest of the whole thing came out, uh, was leaked. And yeah, people were just like, what the fuck is this? And I remember listening to it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I liked it, but I was still shocked that this is what happened. And like, when you consider the collaborations he put on it, you know, it makes sense. And that those are very specific creative directions. It's not like they went into the studio and this kind of just materialized. It's you knew who you were picking and you knew like, it was very simple. This is kind of why I'm like, okay, maybe if Kanye West, um, like certain dis like certain ideas and certain ways of working, uh, are universally good across different art forms and the embrace of collaboration and the understanding of influence and being able to contextualize your peers and the people who came before you always allows you to create good things. So now I'm wondering, well, when I listen to this, I'm like, maybe they should have just fucking let him go nuts with the whole fucking fashion thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I want to know how you think this record is viewed through the context of Kanye West's career. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, for me personally, um, it's it's definitely in my top three. Like, this era of Kanye is definitely my favorite. Like, 808, uh, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and Jesus. Like, this is my... Th th that's my shit. Like, this era of Kanye is my shit. So it's definitely... I would say it's number three for me. But um, I don't know. I I'm not sure as far as, like, fans of Kanye. Like, where does it rank for them? I mean, it's uh, I said it's top three for me. Yeah, I would say I'd say this album's pretty polarizing though. I think like people either like really like this album or they see it as an like, outlier. I don't know too many people who are like kind of like in the middle on this album. No, they talk about it like it's like anti-music, you know what I mean? Like it's like cuz he's he maintains his pop sensibilities on everything so well that when this comes out, people are kind of like what the fuck am I listening to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's definitely in the great it's in definitely in the great uh lexicon of protest albums you know the kind of thing where uh lou reed is handing his record label just an album of noise because he wants to get out of his contract but this i mean it's a little bit more obviously this is still a record that's put out in fantastic and it's but you know what i mean it's 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 an absolute sharp turn away from what's going on so if you're you know this is why it's probably good he's on the label he's on because if you if you, can imagine if he was signed to Capitol and he gave him this record, oh yeah. my god! Like, like I, can you imagine I, if he takes this and is like, "This is what it is." Here you go, guys. Like, what do they say? No, I don't, I don't think you get to make this record without like you know, uh, proving like yourself so many times. I, and I think too, like, I think critics were more open to this album after like some of the people who panned on 808s. I think people kind of had a bit more of an understanding of like where Kanye could go and, you know, like where he'd gone in the past. So they were kind of a bit more open to re receiving this album than they might have been like when it came as album number three or album number four. I think that's a good point because I think 
like art is this weird thing when you're trying to critique it or even understand it that the idea of having to contextualize it against the rest of an artist's work or the contemporaries can be simultaneous that simultaneous that simultaneously um super limiting but also you know super freeing it will well, actually not even super freeing i withdraw this whole comment i it, it's it's limiting because if you want to go and this is why fucking just changing your sound randomly and putting out something rant like that that isn't connected to the rest of your work people are just kind of like question mark because they always want to try to understand it based on you everyone's always trying to like classify everybody and to an extent we've done that here but at some point you have to appreciate the diversions exactly exactly and i think with an artist like kanye and like obviously there's not many artists like kanye like the divergence is a part of like the story they're trying to tell and i think often when you have an artist you know or a band kind of diverge from their sound it's easy to kind of like jump down their throat and be like oh what is this what is this what is this but how boring would it be if, if every band put out the same album all the time? Exactly. Just remaking their first album over and over again. It stifles creativity. It stifles because, like, uh, bands and rappers, the ones who are under, like, seriously under the major label Yoke, like, they have to think about, do I want to go back to being irrelevant? And the label might not support what you're doing, and it could end up, and like the they have such an exertion of force on the artist that you know it, 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 so many good, better things could have been created. And also, like there's the oppression of fan opinion too. Like your fans start getting used to a certain thing coming out, and when you deviate from that, they feel like you're taking their music away from them. And that's a lot to kind of deal with. I do love that. He is unapologetic and, you know, ruthless in his pursuit of wanting to do other sounds, but also this idea of it being a protest record and that people at the time were trying to say almost the creative equivalent of shut up and dribble, where you're just doing this music and don't try to do the other things. You know what I mean? Maybe stick to stick to what you're good at, all this kind of stuff. And to an extent i do believe that but i think that that he has a level of talent that warrants move going in other directions because like this kind of record if it says anything to me it's i created dark twisted fantasy i created 808s i created all these albums and like i can't just express myself through music anymore i need an outlet and here's proof of this i'm just going to release an album that doesn't sound like anything else i'm going to i've ever released and it's still going to be universally loved and acclaimed it's divisive at times but critics love this fucking record and his ability to just fucking throw out something again that isn't like anything he's ever done i i I don't really see i don't know many artists who have done that i think too this album is also an album that you can get into if you're not a fan of traditional hip-hop like this album can pull people in from other genres in a way that is kind of unique in in his catalog of albums. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Kind of like uh, pulling from like the EDM fandom fandoms and stuff. I can see that. Yeah, you can drop. I can see DJ sets. You know, 
that are more based around synth European style music, and you can drop all my liquor in there. Like it's and it, and it, it fits. It it fits. There's crossover, and again, he's transcending the idea of pop music. He's moving into different styles, and it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, on that note, I think we're gonna wrap it up. I think we gotta move on. Um, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. All right, talk soon, guys.